Amen. So, uh, a uh, 74, Psalm 74, my uh, subtitle says, A Plea for Relief from Oppressors. Now, um, oppression uh, in our lives uh, can uh, bring forth a lot of crying out to the Lord. Uh, when we see uh, somebody that has, is seemingly having victory, um, and we're going, wait a minute, I thought we would have the victory. I thought the victory would look like this and those things. There, there are going to be times where um, you know, we, uh, maybe we needed to learn something from it. Maybe we were, being, uh, maybe we were rejecting God's word. You know, maybe he was telling us something and we weren't listening. Uh, there, there are all kinds of things that, that we can learn from. Yeah, but we do know that, and we'll look at Hebrews uh, 12, just three verses there, uh, at the end of uh, our, our study in 74. But uh, sometimes it, we'll, we'll see disaster happen. And, uh, you know, is it a result of, of us just being disobedient to God? Or uh, is this part of his plan? Sometimes we don't know. Um, but we see here uh, this this contemplation from Asaph, and there are a lot of psalms written by Asaph. So um, we are uh, blessed to be able to have them and to study them. And uh, this is uh, you know this could be uh, regarding the captivity, uh, the Babylonian captivity, where everything's in ruins and they're being taken away. Uh, we don't really know. We don't have that context here. Um, but if we consider that as a, as a potential. Uh, feeding uh, for this psalm, it kind of does fit in there as we're reading through. So um, we'll, we'll just start reading. Uh, verse 1 says, Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed. This Mount Zion where you have dwelt lift up your feet to the perpetual desolations the enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place they set up their banners for signs they seem uh, like men who lift up axes among the thick trees and now they break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers they have set fire to your sanctuary. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them altogether. Uh, they have burned up all the meeting places of God in the land. So this is quite a quite a d destruction that's happening here. I mean, this is the temple being destroyed, set on fire. Um, and uh, when you consider something that uh, that big, that profound, uh, there's a lot happening there for for him to be looking at like wait a minute I thought we were your sheep I thought you know you were our shepherd and uh, that we could trust in you so there's this crying out like what is happening here uh, you know there, there's there's quite a quite a bit to uh, to behold I mean this is he's saying what he can see what he has um, uh, witnessed with his eyes and you know it, it may have been uh, written of the destruction of uh, of the temple and um, you know, when you, when you look at it, uh, it, it sure seems so, right? As we're reading through, you know, the, um, the writer here, uh, Asaph, is not understanding why God would permit this. You know, why would God permit this? You know, when something bad happens, you know, there's, there's often questions from people who don't understand uh, the nature of God. And, uh, you know, if you look in, his, in the scriptures and you see the, the, the patterns in which God works and, and, well, why would God, I remember September 11th. 
Um, everybody, there were there was a popular question: Why would God let this happen? You know, that's a that's a it's a powerful thing. You know, now that it's uh, it's been a while, and uh, you consider uh, the time that has passed, and uh, when you look back, it's just wicked people do wicked things in a wicked world. Um, you know, that's an easy place to start in a conversation. Is you know, we we have uh, free will, and God has clearly said, "You shall not murder." So when you put those things together, you know, when you when you consider the the basic commandment that God gave mankind, don't kill each other. We can't even obey that, you know. Uh, there, there's just some of those things, and then, you know, what? Why would God be blamed for something uh, like that? You know, I, I think people want God to miraculously in, intervene into every situation. Uh, you know, we we sometimes we don't have an answer for things that happen. You know, we, we may look and go, you know what? I I don't understand that, but I know God does, and I've got to move forward. You know, when when you consider all these things that are here, especially if you're talking about the Babylonian captivity, I mean that was that was judgment on Israel for their idolatry, and uh, you know when they're when they're being uh, corrected. So I I don't know the the circumstances uh, about which uh, the uh, the writer Asaph is writing, but just to to where where there's the you know why why would this happen? You know, aren't aren't we the ones that you said you're going to protect and and those things? Uh, you know, Israel um, is uh, is God's chosen people, and uh, you know Mount Zion, where it's saying here, known as his his dwelling place. Yet evil men destroyed what was there. You know, we can look at what we're reading here in these first eight verses, and and the psalmist Asaph is asking why? Why would they be able to do these things? It's interesting here when you look at verse five, where it says they seem like men who lift up axes among thick trees. Um, I mean, you don't have somebody with dainty with a with a hatchet cutting down a tree. You know what he's talking about? They seem like mighty men. These that they would they they would be men that would be brought out and they would cut down uh, thick trees. Um, that's that's quite a taking. Uh, have you ever seen the pictures of of these trees where where they would have men on each side and they're sawing through? Some of them would take days to get through, <laughs> or 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 like a full work day to get through. Uh, just just think of all the work that would need to be done there. And he says, and now they break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers. All the intricacies that would be uh, in there. And and just the, the description of something beautiful being uh, torn up with axes and, and hammers. If anybody in here has ever done construction, uh, you can look at a house that looks okay and then you bring in introduce a sledgehammer to it. Uh, as they're destroying things so they can re renovate. You ever watch that on a show or something when they come in and they're having fun and they're doing these things, but it, it brings utter destruction, you know, something that may not actually look that bad. I've seen things and I'm like, really? They're taking a sledgehammer to that? And uh, maybe it's, I don't know, rich people problems. I don't know, but right, you know, but but they'll come in and they'll they'll just be like, no, we're just, we're just taking it all down. And why? You know, just the, those things. But that he's speaking of the destruction that's that's happening there, and that things are just uh, you know where where it's, uh, it says in verse eight, let, they say in their heart, "Let us destroy them all together." They have burned up all the meeting places of God in the land. Verse nine, <clears throat> we do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. Okay, so that that there is there's silence from God. 
You know what? We're not seeing any signs. There's no profit. We don't know how long this is going to be. I, those are those are powerful things because that's how Israel has existed, right? We're in our Old Testament study and we're in Exodus right now, and they're getting all of the audible and visual uh, uh, things to to be able to to cling to and say, "We saw God do this, and we witnessed Him doing these, and we heard Him say this." You know, they they they're they're seeing all those things. Now they're getting to a point. What's being described here is is uh, you know we we don't see our signs. There are no signs that we're that we're seeing, and there's uh, no prophet, and uh, nor is there any uh, among us uh, who knows how long. Oh Lord, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? You know, is this going to go on forever? Like, what's going on? Is this our our destruction? Uh, you know, what is happening here? You know, it's important to understand. But then you get into these next few verses and we realize that God is still king. He's the creator of the universe. That these men can come and they can burn buildings and they can do these types of things. But they're not going to stop God from who he is. We talked about that this morning. You know, that if, if a, a, a false deity like was, uh, was happening in Ephesus, if they've got to drum up support. Hey, we've got to keep Diana. We've got to defend her and everything like that. God doesn't need us to defend him. He doesn't. Uh, yes, we, we defend our faith as we're sharing and and those things. But it's not like God needs us. You know, if God needed us to be relevant, then he's in big trouble. Right. Uh, because, we, you know, if he's defend, if he's relying upon us, we're in we're in, we're in big trouble that we are. It's, it's just a it's a mess. Then he's not uh, the, the omnipotent God. Verse, uh, we did 11, uh, 10, right? Uh, verse 11, why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom and destroy them. Like, why are you sitting back, God? Are you going to take care of all this? Why are they getting this victory? For God, verse 12, is my king from old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea, serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Le Leviathan uh, in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. You broke open the fountains of the flood. You dried up mighty rivers. The day is yours. The night is also yours. You have prepared the light and the sun. Uh, you have set all the borders of the earth. You have made summer and winter. <clears throat> So there's the question, why do you withdraw your hand? The power. And he's just describing here, you know, take out your your, uh, your right hand, take it out of your bosom and destroy them because you are God, right? And just the, the description of what you've done and, and the power that you have and uh, what's what's being described here. And as we go through, uh, that God is is from old, that he's, he's always existed and uh, that'll boggle your mind, trying to understand eternity, right? Because we exist inside created time. You know, God has created us, and he's given us light cycles, a 24-hour light cycle and all those things. And to imagine that something existed outside of our beginning uh, is, is, is a hard thing. Uh, and I, I, will we ever grasp eternity before we get there? I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter as long as our faith is still firm in Christ, you know. But there are things that... That are that are going to be hard or uh, maybe impossible for us to fully uh, understand. You know, you know, you're just trying to describe things like eternity, um, no beginning, no end. It's like, how do you comp Like, how do you actually comprehend that, 
right? That's a really tough thing to wrap your mind around. But this is is that declaration. He is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. That's really cool, right? The salvation. God providing salvation for Israel all the way back, delivering them through. What we saw is those Old Testament examples of salvation were pointing to Jesus Christ and the salvation we have in him. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea uh, of, the, of the sea serpents in the waters. But that you divided the sea in your strength. You know we're in our study in Exodus, right? We just we just went through this and we saw how God parted the Red Sea and that it stood up on each side and uh, Israel walked through on dry ground. That's a mighty God that just created that wind that would, you know, just to think that the wind would, would cause that separation and they'd stay there, but it didn't blow the people away. Like think like start, like, you know, if we dive into thinking that, like how would it not like just take people out and all those things. And it's just, he's an amazing God. He knows, uh, you know, his ways are so much higher than ours. You broke the heads of the sea serpents and the waters. You broke, the heads of Leviathan, the large sea creature of unknown identity is what my Bible reference says. And we've heard of Leviathan, and there's been, there have been a lot of different things that, that come from this. We don't know exactly, um, but uh, it's big. You know, it's, it's a big reference here uh, where it's going, and it's, it's feeding where it says, and, and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Okay, so God took out this Leviathan, and it's really neat to look at some of the, the different descriptions of, of what Leviathan is. And um, I, I had a conversation with a, a guy. It's funny because he was he was playing himself off to be a very very intelligent man. Uh, this is not a a a, um, a novice in science. This guy had his his master's degree, and I think was one class away from his doctorates. A very learned man. Uh, very smart. I mean, you guys know I've talked about science with you guys, whatever. This exists. That's cool. You know, we talked to Will, and Will was breaking that down, and he's talking about molecules and atoms, and I still can't even tell you the difference between the two, okay? I I was not a good student in school, okay? I was probably one of those that they're like, cool, he's got a D minus. Let's push him through. You know, that's just what it was. You know, I just, I, I just did not apply myself. I didn't enjoy it. Um, uh, so yeah, and I do, I, you know, sometimes I, I have to go back and, you know, my kids will ask me like fourth grade, dad, what's this mean? I'm like, uh, yeah, hold on a second. Let's read. Oh, he says, see right, right here, this paragraph in the book, right? I, I'm joking. You know, I, I do have, um, a little bit of knowledge here and there, but, but, but consider, uh, the conversations that can be had with something like this. You know, the, my encouragement is if somebody's taking a dogmatic stance on it, it's like be careful with some of those things because sometimes we don't know. You know, it's okay not to know. I don't know. You know, what I love is like, oh, well, well how do how do creationists describe dinosaurs? I'm like, have you ever seen a rhinosaurus? It's still alive, right? Have you ever looked at an alligator? I mean, that's a alligator saurus. <laughs> I don't know, right? So, right, we still have them here. Some of them are extinct. Uh, maybe they were pests and they got killed. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know about the Brachiosauruses and, you know, how they all, you know, ended up, you know, the flood. Uh, some of them probably got wiped out. I don't know. Well, they had to be, never mind. So, so see what I mean? So we can, it can be an interesting conversation, you know, when you start looking at some of these things. But uh, it, it's uh, it's always interesting when someone wants to take a dogmatic stance. And um, I've, I've seen some pretty good arguments and, and uh, things regarding Leviathan and uh, but ultimately, that's not our study here. When we, uh, uh, you know, get to more of those uh, where it's going to be more relevant, then we'll spend more time on it.
but the focus is the might and the power of God here, uh, which is being described. Uh, verse uh, 15 says, you broke open the fountain and the flood, right? The fountain, because the water uh, was raining down and there, was all, there were also fountains of the deep that were coming up. So the water was coming down and rising up at the same time. And uh, so that's pretty neat to read there. You dried up uh, mighty, mighty rivers. The day is yours. The night is also yours. You have prepared the light and the sun. Uh, you have set all the borders of the earth. Uh, you have made summer and winter. Those, those declarations of, of God are reigning over creation and in his wisdom, um, creating this world and setting the boundaries. The ocean will stop here. This will, you know, the, this mountain will be here. God established all those things. God established the nations, the lands uh, that would that would be there. So this this psalmist is saying, you know, this is happening here. You know, why are you know why are how long are you going to let this go? And why aren't you pulling your hand out? Why don't you take your right hand, that hand of of judgment of power? Uh, why aren't you addressing these things? You have this strength to be able to do so. Uh, you know, you've made all these things. You've made summer and winter. Right. My wife could do without the winter. Uh, she doesn't. She's southern and doesn't really care for the winter. But, um, you know, I, I think she would be happy if this said you have made summer uh, here. But but ultimately, God has he's made the seasons. Right. He has control over all of creation. Verse 18. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and uh, that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. And do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast. Uh, do not forget the life of, of your poor forever. Have respect to the, the covenant. Uh, have respect to the covenant. Uh, for the dark places of the earth are full of haunts of cruelty. And do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God. Plead your own cause. Remember how foolish man reproaches you daily. Do not forget the voice of your enemies. The tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. So uh, we see the shift here, right? There's the everything's on fire and destroyed. You're powerful. And then there's the cry out to God. Like, uh, you know, I, I know that you can hear. I know that you can uh, take care of these things, but there, there seems to be an understanding that there might be some punishment uh, here that's, that's being poured out. Look at verse 19. It says, oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast, right? That, that precious you know, dove, how, how um, helpless it would be. Uh, you know, you take that thing and throw it to a bear, it's done. Right. I mean, that's that's a, that, that depiction there is why would you take something so precious? Please don't give us to that wild bear that's just going to tear us apart. He's, he's he's asking for the mercy of the Lord. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. You know, but still crying out for God's mercy and his restoration. But in this circumstance, left to weeping, praying, trusting God and waiting. That's sometimes that's all we can do, right? Um, there are some people in this room that uh, during uh, shutdowns, government shutdowns during uh, the whole COVID season in 2020, and some people had to make a stance in this room, in this church, and say, you know, am I going to keep my job or not? Um, and uh, they were, were faced with those circumstances. 
And uh, that's uh, that's a tough thing to face, you know. And sometimes in in a, in a situation like that where there would be weeping, there's sc- it's scary, you know. I know there. Were, I was just talking with one uh, one individual from this church that was talking, saying uh, since then um, she uh, was <laughs> was awarded for her performance <laughs> at work, and the person that that was trying to get her fired had to be there while she got her award. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it's try, it's hard. It had to be very hard to remain humble in that. But, and uh, I'm not saying be boastful, but just to be like, you know, just kind of wave to him or, but anything. And she just describing that to me today. I was like, Oh my goodness. Right. But you know, much weeping, much praying, you know, I, I don't know what's going on here. I know, uh, I know who God is and, and uh, that he says he's going to be with me. So I'm going to, in my weeping, I'm going to turn to him in prayer and I'm going to trust him and I'm going to wait. You know, sometimes it's not something that we, uh, uh, that we uh, are just going through from outside. Sometimes we bring things on to, by ourselves and, and we start seeing the destruction of, okay, what are the, the, the results of the actions that I've, I've brought into my life? And now I've got to kind of deal with God's uh, correction. If you would uh, just turn with me really fast to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 uh, is speaking in the in large part here in this uh, in the first uh, 11 verses, actually verses three through 11 are talking about the discipline of God. But verse nine says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much uh, readily, much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful in the present, right? This psalmist is writing of this destruction that's happening. God isn't going to allow that if they if there wasn't some sort of lesson to be learned in that. Uh, you know, that's uh, that when when we consider when we saw the destruction in Israel and what they were dealing with, there was uh, there were reasons for it. Right now, a no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, uh, God chastens those whom he loves. Right. Uh, just just consider that. You know, that God would use something this powerful uh, that would bring out this type of emotion uh, in, in a writer. And he's saying, I don't understand what's going on. You're so powerful. Would you would you please intervene here? Just know that, that God is a just judge. It's not like he would, uh, if, if we weren't worthy of the correction, that, that uh, he would just allow something uh, like, like catastrophic like that and just be like, yeah, get over it, kid. You know, that's that's not the case. You know, this is this is when when we understand there's correction from the Lord, it's because he loves us. It's not because he hates us, uh, which our our circumstances and our enemy will say, see, God hates you. See what you're dealing with. It's because God God's not real. God's not real. And the circumstances you're facing are real. So you need to really focus on those. And how are you going to get through those? They're helpless. Right. You see, that's that's, you know, our enemy. That's that's the way he whispers to me. 
you know, if, as if he's right there. But I know in, in my if, – if I'm not looking at things through a proper perspective, that's what I hear. That's what my flesh tells me is what are you doing? You know, is God – like, what are you doing here? You know, is God really with you? And, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I need to reel this back in, you know. It's, it's kind of one of those uh, those moments where you just need to hit the pause button and say, this is these are the circumstances. Who am I? Am I a believer in Christ? Great. Okay, well, I have to stand upon his promises. And if I'm going through something like this and I can see the destruction and I can look back, the Holy Spirit's going to show us and say, this is this is the result of, of what, you, what I told you was going to happen if you didn't listen, right? And here you are, exactly what I said was going to happen. This has happened in your life. And you're going, oh, okay. He chastens those, those whom he loves. You know, God is, is faithful to do so, right? And I mean, that's that's why we would chasten a child, right? That's why you would spank a child, because they're doing something wrong, and that, that conduct needs to stop, right? You can't do that because it's not good for you, you know? And and they some some of us learn quicker than others, you know? But, but the correction that's needed, excuse me, that correction of a faithful father, Psalm uh, 75. <clears throat> Thanksgiving for God's righteous judgment. I like I like having this uh, these these subtitles. I mean, not not that I ever, uh, not that I always. Oh, oh, hey, it's this. But it does it does show you the theme uh, for which uh, you know those that are um, have put this together say, hey, this might be uh, the summary of what you're reading here. So it's it's pretty neat to to look at. Uh, Verse one says, so total shift of gears, right? Destruction and uh, and everything was being addressed before. Uh, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works. Declare that your name is near. The thanksgiving of God, you know, that we that we can thank Him uh, because we're often quick to forget what He does. But for your wondrous works, declare that your name is near. I like that. Your your name is near. You know that uh, um, the association, right? Uh, you guys ever like seen some weird looks when you just say something like "God bless you"? People are like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if you just say "bless you," they're all right, but "God bless you," they're like, whoa. you know, I've actually witnessed it before, you know. And uh, actually, I have a, a funny way that I used to do this in in, in my office, and and um, and it's just a just a fun way. And, and I just you know put on some blessed be thou of the Lord, you know. I just and it was just my my fun way of of uh, when I was uh, new in my old office um, up in Bangor, and I I would just do that as a fun thing, you know. And uh, it, it was a, a way of of um, being able to break the ice a little bit. And uh, I, I enjoyed it here. But anyways, the name of the Lord, right? For your wondrous works, declare that your name is near, that God is near to us. When I, cho when I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I will set up pillars firmly. So, uh, you know, considering what we're, what we're reading here is the, the, the judging uprightly. There, that God is an upright judge. We we talked a little bit about that. I believe it was this morning. Um, that that the uh, righteous judge that He is, that He that He has to judge in a in a right way. You know, we've heard stories of corrupt judges, 
right? They're, they're swayed by money. Or Man has nothing to offer God to try to, like, sway God and be like, hey, you know, you, you know, I'll put a little bit of extra money in the plate if you, you know, do these. Like God's like, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, he wants nothing to do with any of that. He doesn't need anything that we have. Uh, it, it's just, just funny. I will judge uprightly. Uh, the earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I will set up uh, its pillars firmly. Verse 4, I, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. So those are those are warnings against pride. Uh, so, you know, he's saying here, you know, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. Don't do that. You're, you're being boastful, and I've already told you not to be boastful. Uh, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. You know, don't don't stand there in your pride. Don't. What are you doing? You know, do not lift up the horn on high. Do not speak uh, with a stiff neck. Uh, so what's being described here is that that boasting, the, the pride that's being addressed here, and the warnings uh, that were uh, being dealt and uh, dealt out against these things. You know, because what does the scripture say to us? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Right. I just remember being being in school and and uh, specifically sports you know somebody having to tell you how good they are at the sport right <laughs> and and some of them most of them that would tell you that were not really good right they they were they were boastful about it and saying oh yeah I did this and then you get there and I I remember uh, I, I think I told you this so sorry if I'm repeating myself but um, I was in in Italy and uh, the guys on my wrestling team uh, from the base uh, one, one of them was a phenomenal wrestler, like the best wrestler I've ever been a teammate with. So after one of our tournaments, we went up to Germany. I'm like, you're my wrestling partner because <laughs> I'm like, this guy can make me better. Right. So we he was my partner and, and uh, his roommate over there was getting a little mouthy with him. He's like, no, I can take you in wrestling. I could take. I guess he was a fairly good wrestler. And I'm just sitting there like, no, I, like if I, I'm not a betting man, and, and if I was even back then, my money would have been on 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 my buddy. And uh, and uh, so I, I refereed the match, and within like 15 seconds, that dude was on his back, and I knew it. I, I just like I just wanted to say, you can sit there, you can boast, you can be proud, you can say all these things, but when it comes to it, I've watched this guy dismantle good wrestlers. And I watched him, you know, go scoreless through a whole tournament. Uh, nobody scoring on him. But the pride. This guy could not let his pride down, you know. And, and, and they called me to referee it. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, boy. And this guy's fighting for all he's, wor he's worth. And within a minute he was pinned, you know. And it's just one of those things. It was, it's, a, it's an easy reminder for me in, in my mind uh, to, to look back on that. But I, I think that uh, all of us can look back and go, wow, I remember boasting. I remember being pride about, uh, prideful about something. And, and then came you know, the destruction, right? Pride comes before destruction, a haughty look before the fall, right? Uh, that, that, okay. Yeah. So that guy, I watched him get destroyed and it was, it was, uh, entertaining and, and, uh, those guys, you know, still had some fun with it, but uh, um, it, it was uh, it was definitely it would fit right into this category. And he probably was stiff-necked. It says there on verse five after that match. But anyways, uh, verse six, uh, verse six. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another, right? I just said it. Humble yourselves inside the Lord, and He will lift you up. You know, I, I love that in God's economy, uh, as Will uh, stated here, the way up is down. 
Uh, you know, just just be the servant of all. That's God wants humility in our lives. Uh, he's the one that will that will lift one up. And if he, the one he's going to lift up is one that's that's in humility, uh, showing that in their humility that they can handle being in a different position. Um, you know, if a position is going to go to your head, then you're not going to be there. I remember um, uh, in uh, basic training, I had uh, this this guy that he and I were were friends for the first. I don't know, first few days and everything. And I think he was from Louisiana and, um, we're talking everything. We were, we were cool. You know, we were buddies and everything. I'm like, all right, this guy's all right. You know, you don't know any, anybody that well. Right. But then he became a student leader. They'll, they'll call it's called an element leader. And what they wanted is the instructors wanted to come in and give them authority over us. And I was one of the first ones that he came to. I thought we were, we were cool. Right. So you already know where this is going. Right. And uh, I'm just in, in the back, and these guys come in, they kick the door, and, ah, and they're yelling inside. These are our fellow trainees, right? But they've been given a, a position of authority, and I would have fallen right in line. I, I just going through sports, I, I understood. I was 98 pounds my freshman year. I had to understand, hey, i got to respect these guys in front of me on the wrestling team because I'm the smallest guy on the team, right? So I, I under, And they all came to know me and like me because I wasn't being a little punk, right? But so I understood and I would listen. Oh, this is my captain. I need to listen to what they say. That guy already had, he, he would have had my following with him, but he came back and he's yelling. I'm like, okay, he's playing the part and everything. And then he asked me for, it's, it's like a little demerit card. It was called 341. Give me 341. And, I, and, and if you, you get that, then they pull, you remember Tom, right? And he, 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 he looks at me and, and, and he rips it up and throws it in my face. And I just looked at him like, this is on. <laughs> you know? and, and I never talked to him again. I the whole time I was down there, right? The, 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 the position went right to his head and he lost a friend over it. Right. Uh, and you know, have I done stupid stuff like that? Yeah, probably. You know, I've, I've probably done, I've probably not that much. I hope not. I would have punched myself if I did so because I wanted to punch him. But anyways, uh, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, the, you know, the, the positions, uh, can go to someone's head and their pride fills up and there's warning against pride being mentioned here. And, and what it's saying here is pride isn't the way to get up. Humility is the way to be put in those positions. Nobody wants to follow someone who's prideful. Nobody was like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm going to go right into battle with that guy. No, they're prideful. They only care about themselves. They don't care about you at all. But the humble, that one that's going to say, hey, you know what? Follow me. As Paul, we saw in Paul's life today, we were talking about, Paul, I mean, when they've, they've got his friends there in the mob in Ephesus, Paul's trying to get in there and everybody's like holding him back and everything. And, and Paul is, is uh, he, he was the one that wrote, follow me as I follow Christ. He understood humility and he understood what it was to lead and, and everybody would follow him into wherever he was going. And they did because he was a good leader. You know, when you look at, at this, this type of, of person that's being uh, corrected here, it's quite a correction against against pride uh, that's that's being depicted here as we're uh, we're reading through uh, verse eight. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, and and it is fully mixed. He pours it out. Surely it its dregs shall all the wicked on the earth drain and drink down. Uh, I don't want that cup, <laughs> the cup of, of of God's wrath. I don't I don't want that. Um, I, I, I just and I don't want anybody else to experience that. But that's it's if you look at it in the proper context, that is the uh, the the end result of pride. You know what are you gonna? Okay, you're gonna you you want the the wanted the cup 
and you wanted the pride, uh, then, then you're going to deal with that as your consequence. Verse 9, but I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I uh, will also cut off, and the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. So there are things here where the psalmist is writing, and then uh, also speaking uh, you know, as, as God was leading them to speak uh, for God uh, here. So it's, it's quite a thing that the horns are, are a symbol of strength. And uh, we're saying uh, the horns of the wicked shall be cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. You know, that God would be the strength of the righteous. So uh, you can you try to be your own strength, be the one uh, that, that is, uh, is being prideful and uh, those things. But the end is just going to be destruction. It's not, it's not going to be good. Um, but when we look at this, uh, we can, we can kind of summarize the certain destruction for the wicked and the certain triumph for the righteous that are being poured out here. You know, the prideful, this is going to be uh, the destruction that you have coming in your life. For uh, the one that is humble, uh, there's triumph in the righteousness as you're as you're seeking God with a a with a humility uh, about you. For, uh, let's go to 76. We'll we'll stop at uh, at 76 here. <clears throat> the majesty of God and judgment to be played on stringed instruments. Saying there, I, I've told you before, there is weird. There are uh, weird uh, cults or just weird sects um, that will say that you, you're not supposed to use instruments in worship, and that's the most foolish thing. You know, like, oh, show me in the, the New Testament. Well, they're not talking about guitars. They're talking about Jesus, all right? Leave them alone, you know? And they're singing songs, and, you know, it's not like Paul could have, you know, play, hey, can somebody bring my guitar down here while I'm in the stocks? And, you know, as I'm all stuck like this trying to play, it's not going to work. Well, actually, if you are like that, you can play. But anyways, right? You know, just those 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 weird situations, right? It's just foolish. I'm not going to get on my soapbox. I just wanted to address that. Uh, verse 1. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. And Salem, Jerusalem. Also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the, the arrows of the bow, the shield of the sword in battle. You know, so it's, it's referencing uh, who God is and his, his great strength and that he is there with Israel, that he's their strength. He's the one that has given them the victory in all of their battles, right? Because when you read through the Old Testament, you see God, you know, telling them, hey, no, you got too many people. Or, or you're trying to do too much, you know. Uh, why, don't, why don't we just go about it this way? You know, God, God would just show, I don't need you. You know, I remember I, I, I swallowed up the whole army of Egypt uh, with you just standing there watching. There isn't, God doesn't need us for victory, but uh, uh, they're speaking of the victory they have, <clears throat> they have in him. Um, the, uh, the victory uh, in, in battle specifically. Uh, you are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The stout hearted were plundered. They have sunk into their sleep. And none of the mighty men have found the use of their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and horse were cast into the the into a deep sleep. Uh, sorry, into a dead sleep. Um, 
so this is plain English. I should be able to read this. You get me into the Greek names I was trying to read this morning. You guys saw the train wreck that that was, right? Even in my own study, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, it's this. And then I got here. Tom and I were talking about it afterward. I'm like, yeah, I totally lost it when I get up here. That happens. Uh, just bear with me when that happens here. But this is speaking of clear victory in God. Uh, that that God has destroyed mighty men uh, that are uh, that were uh, after Israel at your rebuke, O God of Jacob. Both the chariot and the horse uh, were cast into a dead sleep. Now, now we know from our study that the chariot and the horse were swallowed up um, in the Red Sea. But whatever armor uh, army was uh, following them, a chariot but still continued. It wasn't like all the chariots were only in Egypt and they all got wiped out and everybody forgot how to use them. But in battle, char chariots were very uh, powerful to have. You know, you've got some. You're chasing people. I mean, I've tried to outrun my dog. That ain't gonna happen. A horse? You know, like that? That's not gonna happen. You get a, a horse with a cart behind it and somebody with swords or whatever. You're done. You know, unless you've got something to be able to fight. But with God fighting their battles, those things meant absolutely nothing. In the same way, uh, a military might means absolutely nothing against God. It doesn't. It means nothing. You know, no nation, including this one, should put all our, well, hey, we got this, we got that. Well, what if this happens? Oh, I never thought of that, right? I mean, we, we, we have to understand who is the one that, that actually won the wars, won the battles for Israel, right? God, God is, is, is the strength that we need for our battles, you know, for these physical battles that can be described. And, you know, for our battles uh, that we fight in our lives, in our faith, just trusting in God. You know, there may be that crazy thing that's, uh, that's in our lives that we can't defeat. Okay, we'll turn to God and say, God, I can't defeat that chariot. Would you please take it out? Yep. And he will. He will. He's not going to be like, nope, you're going to get run over. Um, that, that's, that's not the case. When we cry out to him, he, he does uh, – powerfully work on our behalf. Verse 7, you yourself are uh, to be feared and uh, who who may stand in your presence uh, when once you are angry. Standing in the, in the presence of an angry God. <laughs> God as uh, in his anger, nobody. You know, that that's a, that's a rhetorical question. Who may stand in your presence? The answer is nobody. There, there isn't anybody that can stand in, in his presence when he's mad. You yourself are to be feared. You know, just just describing the power of God and that that uh, His power, His Majesty, um, should be feared. You cause judgment to be heard from heaven, and uh, uh, the earth feared and was still when when God arose to judgment to deliver all the oppressed. Uh, of the earth, it just the the fact that uh, where, where this is speaking of God being feared, you know why? Because of the power God has over heaven, over earth, over any army, over any person. Here, you know, you cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still. You know, just just think that it would bring an enemy to not even moving. You know, that, that all those people would be brought to a point where they don't even want to move forward. Surely the wrath of man shall praise you uh, with the remainder of wrath. You shall gird yourself. Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all those who are around him uh, bring presents to him uh, who ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of princes. He is awesome to the kings of the earth. 
Uh, this is uh, you know, speaking of that majesty of God in his judgment, right? Which where it says there in that subtitle, uh, undermine. This is all pointing to the majesty of God. You know, when, when you consider verse 12, the, the, um, he shall cut off the spirit of princes. You know, those that are in, in positions of power. You know, he could bring them right to the point, uh, bring them right to their knees. Is that uh, what's this, that speaking? If you can cut them right off in, in their spirit, they'll be they'll be broken. You know, let all around him um, bring presence to him. You know that uh, that we would bring praise, that we would bring worship to God. Not that you know we, we're not going to wrap something up in a box and bring it to God like, hey, I got you a present, right? But that 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 we would bring an offering to the Lord, that we would please Him because of how powerful He is. And, and, and uh, that he is the one to be feared. As it says in verse 7, you yourself are to be feared. You know, that, that reverence for who God is. Um, uh, you've oft, often heard me uh, speak of, you know, if we're approaching God, yo, what, yo, God, what's up? Hey, buddy, you know, that's, uh, he, he is God Almighty still. <laughs> you know, when we come to him, we should understand who he is. I, I, I have served uh, in ministry, mostly when we were serving in youth ministry over in Washington. I met a lot of people that kind of had that casual, casual flippant um, uh, regard of how they're going to um, uh, talk to the Lord. Now, if somebody has a, a, a prayer language where they're like, you know, what's up, God? I need your help, or what is it's is God? No, it's the flippant. It's the it's the hey hey big guy in the sky. I need you to take care of something. You know, that's not reverence for him. That's a hey in my pride, I'm gonna call out, be like, hey buddy, you know, I need to call in a favor. No, we need to understand who he is and the power that he does have. You know, the the as we've been reading here and and what we've. Uh, scene where they're speaking of the victory they have uh, in the Lord and in the judgment that was poured out on the evil. I wanted to share a quote from uh, Thomas Carlyle. Uh, it says, uh, "Judgment, uh, uh, judgment for I just say and evil. I uh, never mind because I messed up my own thing that I was writing. Uh, this is uh, many times uh, delayed, sometimes a day or two, sometimes uh, a year or two." Uh, but it is sure as life, it is sure as death. The, the judgment is going to come for evil. Um, I don't know why I have an evil, but for evil. Uh, evil is going to be addressed, and we just have to understand, you know, God has the power. God is the, the powerful one to take care of all those things, the one to be feared. And we can just say, God, I don't understand. I don't know how to defeat this, but I need you to, to take care of that. But be sure, you know, uh, we looked at, at Psalm 73, right? And uh where, where it's talking about oh, my feet almost slipped. I almost lost my focus. I, I almost just cast off my faith, just saying, you know, what am I even doing? And to understand who God is, and especially his children that are called by his name. That's us, right? Um, that are, are Christians that stand in the name of Christ. We can understand that whatever happens in our life, uh, as we love God and are called according to his purpose, all things are going to work for good, Right? That's what that's what Romans eight twenty eight tells us that we can trust in Him. We we don't have to fear what man can do. God will take care of everything else. We can just trust in Him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are uh, grateful that we can trust in You. And uh, Lord, we thank You for correcting us when we need it. Help us, Lord, if if we're being over overwhelmed by circumstances, to trust in You, and uh, to to understand that You are the one. Uh, that is going to be the source of our victory in our lives.
that we would, in a time of struggle, that we would uh, drop to our knees in prayer and open the, the scriptures and seek your face. Maybe call a loved one, a friend, a, a brother and si brother or sister in Christ, I mean, and be able to share and ask for prayer. It's just uh, whatever it is, Lord, we have so many offensive weapons for what we face in your word, in prayer, in fellowship, uh, those great things that you've given us. We pray that you would help us in those things to be able to, uh, uh, to stand and to trust in you and, and that you would give us victory as we follow you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.